So this morning, for those that maybe uh, came in a little bit late, what we're doing is we're taking our domain program, which is what we run on a Sunday morning over in the overbuilding at the other side of all the rain. Um, and we're running it here for you this morning. And what we want to do is we want to share a little bit about who we are and, and what we do. And what we try and do on a Sunday morning is we split into segments. So our next segment is something called Life Stories. And every week we spend 10, 10 or so minutes and we invite different people, usually from the team, although we're looking to expand into uh, the rest of the church. We invite them up and we find out a little bit about their journey. We find out a little bit about their life. So this morning I have asked Pastor Andrew Lenton to join us. If we could give him a round of applause. If I could get my slide, is that all right? Life stories in the main. <laughs> Homemade. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing, though. Uh, we'll see. I'm just uh, expecting him to have a big lever and to pull it and for me to disappear. There is no lever, but there is an anvil. <laughs> all right, and we'll go on applause. How's that? Um, so... Pastor Andrew Lenton, thank you for joining us this morning. Welcome. (laughs) I don't know what he's going to ask, actually. (laughs) Uh How tall are you? No, never mind. I don't embarrass you. Um, Part of this is just to find out a little bit about people's journey. So I suppose my Mm -hmm. first question for you is, um, did you grow up in a Christian home? Or was there a moment when your faith became your faith, um, when you kind of took that plunge and took that step forward towards Christ? I grew grew up in a, a, a Christian family, um, and uh, I got dragged to church Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday school, and Sunday night gospel service at the Sheffield Elim Pentecostal Church. And so all my all my formative years were spent going to church for nearly everything. And um, I can remember my Sunday school teacher one Sunday afternoon, Mr. Rag, had a very deep baritone voice. There was about seven lads in his class. And he said, right, lads, we're going to talk about hell today. And I thought, oh, dear. (laughs) And for the next 45 minutes, he talked about hell. And at the end of it, he said to us, all right, who wants to go to hell? And none of us put our hand up. And he said, right, who doesn't want to go to hell? Because obviously all all of us put our hand up. And um, I'm sure that he reported to the Sunday school superintendent that day that seven lads got saved in his class. (laughs) But... um, but actually, I think when I was about 16, slightly older maybe, when I, I really knew that I had done wrong and I knew what sin was and I knew I needed to repent of sin. And so um, I'd carried it for a long time. For a, uh, Progressively, I, I was a bit of a hypocrite between 14 and 16 because I still went to church. But in between the Sundays, I did everything else my mates were doing. And... Um, and after two years of doing that, you realize that, you, you know, you've done a, a lot of sin and it weighs heavy on you. And uh, one day, uh, I can't remember what day of the week it was, but my mum and dad had gone shopping. Me and my brother were in, in the house. Me and my brother never got on with each other. There was only two years between us. We fought, fought like cat and dog. And uh, one day I said to him, I want you to sit down and witness this. And uh, I got him to sit down and I prayed out loud and I prayed, God, forgive me my sin and the look on my dad on my my brother's face was like you know this guy's gone crazy but um i just wanted to witness it because it was really weighing heavy on me Mm. and i I would say at that moment that's when i really came to faith 
And uh, how did things change for you from that point? Because I imagine before that point, you probably considered yourself a Christian. Um, is that right? Um, no. No, no. I, I, you know, when I was, I was 14, I knew I, was, I knew I was doing wrong. Yeah, yeah. But there was pleasure in it for a while. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did your life change from that moment then? Well, I, I decided to get serious with God. Yeah. I decided that I, I can't keep living one foot in the world and one foot in church. And I decided if I'm going to be, I'm, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be 100% Christian. And uh, I'm not going to be a crazy zealot or something like that. But I'm going to be uh, totally committed to Jesus and all that that meant. So Lenny was, uh, he was my youth pastor when I was growing up uh, in this church. He had the privilege. And boy, did I know it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he had the privilege uh, of discipling uh, and and, and having some input. And he was an amazing uh, youth pastor. But I suppose my question for you is what, what, what directed you, what stirred you towards youth ministry? Um. All my younger days, all I wanted to do was be in the Air Force. And um, I used to go to air cadets in a, a, a woolly prickly jumper and woolly prickly uniform trousers. And we used to march up and down and do all kinds of things uh, that were all about aircraft. And I was, the, um, I was really, really good. At, they used to give you these silhouettes of planes and I used to be able to spot which, what, which type of plane it was, and that was called aircraft recognition. All, all my younger days, I wanted to be in the Air Force. And my granddad, who was a, 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 a very devout man, he uh, once took me into the front room. Now, in the front room in my granddad's house, that was for important stuff in the front room. And he took me in the front room one day, and I was very young, and he said to me, if ever you want to go to Bible college, I'll pay for you to go. And uh, it was completely out of the blue for me. I'd never considered Bible college. And, and I just looked at him strangely and said, Granddad, that, what, I don't want to be a minister. I want to be in the Air Force. And, um, and yet, something must have stayed with me. Because as I grew older, especially after I, got, after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I really began to feel like a tug. And even though I finished school, I worked in the tax office in Sheffield. And... Um, I felt this tug. So I finished my job in the tax office and I worked for the Church of England as their inner city missioner in a really sort of like quite tough area in Sheffield. The first day of my uh, new job, the vicar said to me, I want you to go around this area. Be careful of that street though because three people were stabbed on it last night. And uh, that was my first first day. And uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And um, But I had this thing for young people. And I always wanted to be a youth pastor. And even when I started Bible college, that's what I told them. I want to be a youth pastor. I want to be a youth pastor. And um, it was about probably 10 years out of Bible college after I'd been an assistant pastor in different churches where Pastor Curry rung me up one day and just said, you know, we want you to consider to be youth pastor in Leeds. And I, I love that. So being a, a, a part of the youth community now, it, it's very rare that churches invest that level in their youths. A lot of the times they will get unskilled youth workers in to do it. But actually for a church to say, we want to get a youth pastor in to... I'm going to encourage anybody, because if, if, you're, if you've got a real uh, heart uh, that, that you think God's given you, persist in praying about it. Because um, I was a long time out of Bible college with this desire to be a youth pastor. 
And um, Pastor Lionel rang me up. I can't remember what day it was, but it was on one day and asked me to be youth pastor here in Leeds, which was an amazing thing. And I said, give me a couple of days to think about it and pray about it. The very next day, the Assemblies of God pastor in Scunthorpe, where I, where I was, was a big church. He asked me to be his youth pastor. So 10 years of like really longing. And then in two days, I got two amazing offers. And actually, the, the Assemblies of God pastor was really helpful in helping me decide which one I should go to. Which one did you choose? <laughs> <laughs> so 16 is when you made your commitment. I'm assuming it's all been plain sailing since then. Oh, it's been dead easy, mate. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. No. No, it's, it's, it's life. Yeah. It's life. And God's with you. You know, you, you know, we just sang a song, haven't we? I feel surrounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're surrounded by situations and circumstances and challenges. And yet, the bigger picture is, but we're surrounded by God as well. Yeah. And it's realizing that going on all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you had one piece of advice, a nugget of advice... For our young people in Domain, a lot of them are with us this morning. What might that be? Uh, I've said this to my own son. Because uh, church sometimes resists young people. Because of the style or how we are. And sometimes bigger church is not the most welcoming, sadly, not the most welcoming place for teenagers because they feel misunderstood or uh, or not really valued or anything like that and it's all perception it's not i don't think it's real but it is perception but um and we go in and out we fall in and out of love with church but don't fall in and out of love with jesus you know fix your eyes on jesus keep centered on jesus that'll help you even when you feel a little bit of misunderstanding from church keep your faith in jesus and that's what that that would be my advice. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so just before we finish up, can I ask you to pray for us? Yeah. Okay. What pray for all the young people? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, let's I all include, stand up, shall we? As church. I include myself in the young people bracket. <clears throat> what eyes are funny? Okay. Okay. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for all our young people. Lord, all our teenagers, all our children, all our young adults, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you'd be so real to them. Lord, we have a, a, a logo even that says together for the nations and together for the generations. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that that would sit deep in our hearts and we would grow in grace and love and encouragement to all our young people, Father. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would see growth in their personal spiritual lives. We would see growth in their numbers and we would see a a young army being raised up to really affect their generation and subsequent generations to come. Father, we pray, Lord, that our young people will, will feel nothing but love, nothing but encouragement, nothing but Jesus. In your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. So every week we will try and do 10 to 15 minutes of that. If you've got a particular story or you've got something that you think actually that that might be of value to someone, please come and see me. Uh, This is, you know, we are a church, we're a family, and we want to start including people the best way that we can. Amen. You can take seats. So I should have some slides. Starts with the egg slide. Find me clicker. I had it.
it somewhere. It's gone. It's there. There we are. Okay. So, well, we do something in domain sometimes, and we call it hands up for accept, hand down for reject. All right? We don't just say that because it rhymes. What we do is we like to get a feel of what people think. So it's a little bit like a survey. All right? So I'm going to give you a bunch of statements. And what I want you to do is I want to put your hand up if you think it's true. Uh, keep your hand down if you think it's false. All right? Hand up for accept. Hand down for reject. So we're going to go for our first one. If you squeeze an egg on both sides, at the top and the bottom, with, one thing, with your finger and thumb, it will not break. It will not break. If you do it, do this. All right? Hand up for accept. You accept that to be the truth. Wow. Lots of hands up. Uh, okay. This, in fact, we don't know. <laughs> right. Can I be honest with you? Online, it says it's true. Okay. But I tried it and my carpet tells me otherwise. <laughs> now, either I am especially strong or it's not true. Okay. But we'll just put that out there. The next one is Pablo Picasso's full name has 23 words in it. Hand up for accept, hand down for reject. 23 words. All right. You do not want that on your passport. Oh, we've got a, a few hands up. All right. Those that kept their hands down, congratulations, you are wrong. All right. He does, in fact, have 23 names. I am not even going to attempt to read them all out. There they are. All right. If you want your child to be an artist, obviously you need to give them lots and lots of names. Okay. Next one. All right. There's a little bit of controversy around this one in the first service. So I'm a little bit scared to ask. All right. Is the earth flat? Hand up for accept. Hand down for reject. Is it flat? All right. My faith in humanity has been restored. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes. Well done. The earth is indeed round. Next one. Your phone is disgustingly dirty. Hand up for accept. Hand down for reject. All right. All those that put their hand up. Well done. I think well done anyway. Because you are right. They are disgustingly dirty. It's because our hands are... They're what we use to touch things and they carry bacteria. Then we touch our phones and then we put our phones to our face and ugh, loads, of, loads, of, loads of bad things on there. All right, our next one is well, deoxygenated blood is blue. Hand up for accept, hand down for reject. Deoxygenated blood is blue. Okay, everyone that's got their hand up I was one of you guys once, all right, right up until I wrote this out, I was one of you guys, but it's false, it's not blue, it just appears to be blue under the skin, apparently it is red like everything else, like like all your other blood, all right, you're learning today, this is what it's all about, it's about learning, you can go take these back to your family now, one twin can be two months older than the other. Hand up for accept, hand down for reject. One twin can be two months older than the other. Wow. Most people saying, nah, I don't, I don't think so. We've got a few that think. All right. Those that had their hand up, I am really sorry to tell you, 
but you are correct. Well done. It's true. There was a woman in Romania who, who, whose twins were born two months apart. Um, I don't know how and I don't know why, but it's true. Okay. What about this one? We only use 10% of our brains. 10% of our brains. What do we think? All right, seeing a lot of hands up. Not well, maybe we're about half and half. Okay, so all you, we are hands up. You may only use 10% of your brain. All right, that's fine. <laughs> the rest of us, we use, we use most of it. All right, maybe not at all at the same time. But at one point, there was this thought that you only use 10%, and if you were to use all of it, like, your brain would explode. Uh, it's just not true. According to Google, anyway. This is life according to Google, by the way. It's not true. Uh, we use all of our brains, most of us, anyway. All right. Last one. 55% of 16 to 20-year-olds leave the church. 55% of 15 to 20 year olds leave the church. Put your hand up if you think that that's true. All right. Those who've got quite a lot of hands up, not everybody's hands up, uh, maybe a 50-50 split. Let me tell you that those that put their hands up, uh, it's false, uh, but not in the way that you think that it is. It's actually 70%. 70%, according to a recent YouthScape study, 70% of young people leave the church. Now, I have to be really honest with you. That scares me. Like, that's, that's all my job. That's, that's, that, that's the thing that drives what we do and, and my teams and, and the people that work within the youth. We've got an uphill battle. We really have. And this is not the same throughout the whole world. This is a problem in this country. That in different parts of the world, that's even on its inverse and you've got more people joining than you do have leaving. So we have, we have a problem here. And my question is, why? I've got to ask that question, why? Why is that so high? Why is seven in every ten leaving? And what research suggests, when people are asked, there's two answers there at the top. The first one is faith. And the second one is community. Now, I just want to touch on these just for a moment because these are the two things that we as a youth department, these are the things that we're really trying to combat because we want to change that statistic. So first of all, faith. Faith is a really tough one um, because what we want is we want our kids to have our faith. As a leader, I want to give the young people their faith. I want to box it in a beautiful little box and I want to give it over to them and say, there you go. That's your faith. You keep that and you can have that for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, faith doesn't work like that. Because Jesus came to build individual relationships with people. Not so that I could build them relationships. Not so that I could, our parents could reconcile that distance, but so that he could reconcile that difference. And it's an individual journey. And what you find is as young people are getting older and older, they are inquisitive. They're asking questions. And as a church, we have to be open to, to that. We have to be open to them asking them questions. And do you know what? Sometimes not even answering them questions for them. Just giving them the space to explore. Teaching has, has started, to, um, started to catch up in this area. And what they've found out 
is that teacher talk, which ironically is what I'm doing now, standing at the front and giving lots of information, it can help people retain knowledge, all right? But it doesn't help people understand that knowledge because what they've found is that people have to inquire. They have to investigate in order to, in order to make that knowledge their own. They've got to go through a process of understanding that. So that means that as a youth department, as a church, we have a battle to, to ensure that we're allowing young people to ask them questions, that we're an open place where people feel able to, to, answer them questions, to, to ask them questions. And it's really tough. I asked my daughter, she says I could tell this story. I've got about a year left where I can tell stories of my daughter and then she's going to throw a hairbrush at me. Um, uh, but she says to me, she come home from school one afternoon and she did RE. I was an RE teacher, so my ears always prick up when I hear about RE. And she says, she says we're talking about RE today, Dad. And um, I think, I think I'm half a Christian. Uh, and I went, oh, that's interesting. And I says, how come? How come? And she says, well, I believe in Jesus. I'm like, tick. And she's like, I believe he died for me. I'm like, all right, tick. I believe that uh, all my sins are forgiven because of Jesus. I'm like, all right, yeah, good. Well, you sound like a full Christian. And she's like, but I don't believe that he's God. And at that moment, I just so wanted to get out all my books and all my lectures and all my resources and sit down and get the Gospel of John, which goes out of its way to prove the divinity of Christ and say, look at all this, look at all this information, look at all these, these pieces of evidence that I can give you and prove to say that Jesus was more than just a man, that he was the living God that came to this earth. I wanted to give her that. I cannot give it to her. She has to find it for herself. And as heartbreaking as it is for me to watch that, actually, when she finds that, when she discovers that, it will be so personal to her. It will be her own faith because she has discovered it herself. But I have to take a step back and I have to let her ask the questions. And I have to let her just delve into it a little bit. And it it feels counterintuitive at times. But faith is a personal thing. It's a personal journey. When you look at the road to Emmaus, when you look at the men that were walking, they're described in the Bible as followers of Jesus. And that's because they knew all his teachings. They put his teachings into practice. They probably went to all the right meetings. But there is a distinction between living a Christian life and knowing that Jesus has risen from the dead. There is a distinction between knowing how to love God and love people, between knowing that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again for us as individuals. Then men did not know that. And that takes connection. It takes an encounter. And that's one of the things that we're trying to facilitate. The second thing is community. Community is so important. We can find community in so many places, and it becomes really tough. We've got a battle on our hands at making what we do and what we provide uh, attractive in some sense because if we don't people will go wherever else looks fun or wherever else meets that need uh, an example is my daughter got minecraft for christmas those that don't know what minecraft is it's a it's a it's a block building game and you can build just about anything i've never played it in my life but i had a go of it maybe two weeks ago uh, and I says, let me have a go, because I saw her, and it looked interesting. Three hours later, I'm like this, and I can't move. Uh, and uh, my eyes were burnt open. 
And then I, I went online and I'm like, right, I, I need to make a, I need to, I need to know how to make different houses. So I looked at tutorials. I'm looking at tutorials on how to make a McDonald's and all these kind of things. And all of a sudden I'm talking to people and these people are like, well, these are the tools that you need to make a McDonald's and these are the tools that you need to make a mine. And, and just like that, I'm a part of this community. And it's like, whoa, I now have five new best friends. Um, because it's so easy. We all have things. We all have interests. We all have things that we're a part of. And the question is, is if you were to rank all the things that you, you do in your life, so the, 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 the piano, the sports, the, uh, the clubs, the brownies, the guides, whatever it is that's on your list, whereabouts on that list does youth, for us it would be youth, for other people it would be church, where is it in that priority? Is it that two-hour slot on a Sunday or is it something much bigger? Is it a family that you are a part of? We have to bring young people in and make them feel part of a family so that they stay. I was one of that 70%. I was one of them that left. And I tell you what, what brought me back was because I had community here. So although it didn't stop me from leaving, what brought me back in the first instance was that I had friends. I had Pastor Andrew Lenton that I had known and met up with. I had friends that I'd grown up with. I had a community that I could step back into. And it's really, really important. So we've got to think, how can we do that? So sometimes you will see us putting on events and you may look and you may think, that doesn't seem very Christian. They're having a party. We're having a salad disco. We had a salad disco at Christmas. It was brilliant. Um, but can I assure you that what we're doing is we're building community and that we do lots of different things. We do the spiritual things. Uh, we, we meet for worship. We, we have loads of different meetings, but we do the fun things, the residentials, and we try and pair them up and we try and make sure that our discipleship and our fellowship, they intermingle with each other. Because young people, they're the future. They really are. And what I found is that young people ask questions that we just do not know anymore. Have you ever done that test in science, right? Where they play a high-pitched noise. And as the pitch gets higher and higher, the older you get, you can't hear it. Now, they've told me at the back they can do this. Can you do it? Yeah, right. So what I want you to do is I want you to put your hand up. Can you hear that noise? Right? As the noise gets higher, when you stop being able to hear the noise, put your hand down. going down. I can still hear it because I'm young. <laughs> That's gone for me. Is it, is it still playing? It's still playing. What? Can you hear it? Really? Wow, I'm not that young. Wow. It's very sci-fi. I like it. Young people are switched on to things that we will never be switched on to. Not because we don't want to be, because they live in a different context to what we live in, to what we live in today. We have to allow them the space. Paul talks about the church being like a body. And sometimes I think that the youth maybe is looked at as the tour. All right, hidden away, maybe a little bit smelly. Uh, no, not really. Uh, but the tour, and, and, and we don't always know what to do with it, so we, we hide it away under a sock and a shoe. But in fact, the tour is so important because it provides us balance. It provides us direction. It allows momentum forward. Um, but we've got to facilitate that in some way. So I want to challenge you this morning, uh, Bridge Community Church, and I want to say, be a part of our youth community. 
be a part of Domain Youth Works, and that will look different for every person in this room. Um, but I want you to be involved in what we're doing, whether that's coming and joining us once a month on a Sunday morning and being a part of what we do, whether that's joining us for Life Stories, whether that's donating something. Somebody came up to me the other day and they went, we noticed all your pool cues are broken. Can I buy you two new ones? And I went, yeah, that would be amazing. Like, that's fantastic. And something so small was such a blessing because they saw a need and they stepped in to fill it. I don't know what your capacity is. I don't know how you view church. I hope it is so much more than just a two-hour segment of your Sunday morning. Um, but any way that you could bless us, uh, we would really, really appreciate that. Um, I want to thank you for listening to us this morning. I want to thank you for allowing us to come and share a little bit about what we do. I've just got one or two notices, and then we're going to invite the band back up, uh, and they're going to close for us uh, with our closing song. The no one notice is, is that the choir is cancelled because of the weather, so there won't be any choir today. Uh, apologies have been passed on. Uh, one of our young people is raising money for a charity that supports people with leprosy. She has spent all night baking cakes, and they are for sale out there. If you could buy a cake or donate any money to that, that would be absolutely fantastic.